Hey, this is Steve from Endurance Path. Welcome to the audio version of Endurance Path. If you've been following along, you know I like to write a lot of race reports. I've been putting together some monthly recaps of my training. Occasionally, I'll put out some uh, training reports. And then every once in a while, I have some random articles that uh, are interesting or some things about training or, or whatever that I do, so stuff that uh, that interests me. At any rate, I get a lot of feedback from my race reports. People enjoy reading them. Uh, they get referenced quite often, people searching out races to do. So I thought that what I would do is go back and record an audio version of all my old race reports. And the plan is to release them all in a series. So uh, what you're listening to here or what I'm going to kick off now is the first of the series. And it will be my races from 2014. We'll call it season two back on the bike. There's only three races. It's the Lutzen 99er, uh, the Schwamagon 40, and uh, the Red Wing Classic uh, Marathon Lap Race. I believe I did five races that season, but I only wrote race reports for three of them. Anyway, so I'll kick all these out. Uh, my plan is to actually each series pretty much like launch them all. I might even in the same day as separate podcasts. So they're out there. And uh, and then I'll move to uh, the 2015 series and the 2016. There's quite a few more races in those. So I don't know if I'll release them all in the same day. Uh, but my intention is I want to get them all out there quick so that I can uh, catch up to real time in the 2017 races and uh, move on from move on from there. Anyways, thanks for following along. If you've been following along and reading along, appreciate it and uh, enjoy. Here you go. Here's the first one. The first one here is the 2014 Lutzen 99er. This was my first Lutzen 99er, my first 100 mile mountain bike race. Uh, for those that don't know what the Lutzen 99er is, it's a 99 mile mountain bike race. It's located in Minnesota's North Shore of Lake Superior. Uh, the race is held by Lifetime Fitness and it takes place out of the Lutzen Mountains uh, you know, ski park and, uh, sawtooth mountain park, uh, it, right there in Lutzen, Minnesota. The race starts out with some paved roads and transitions into a mix of gravel roads, double single track. Uh, the description double track can be slightly deceiving as the double track roads are, are pretty muddy and rough, uh, making them more difficult than most of the single track, uh, trails that I was used to riding at the time. And that's a, that's a good note to put on. This is, you know, uh, what, 2014, I believe. And even today I talk about my single track skills not being the greatest. They've improved dramatically in this year, especially um, doing a, a couple of the four-hour single track lap races. Uh, but back at that time, most of my riding was on the roads and I had very little little riding. I had only done like 700 miles of riding the previous year. And I think the year that I did this first Lutz in 99er was... Uh, I might've had 500 and some miles in for the year is all at that time. So anyways, kind of gives you an idea of where I was at mentally. I would not make that Satan statement today, but I think it's also interesting to kind of look back and see where I was at at the time, because at the time uh, I was like, wow, this is really rugged and tough and, and, and that type of thing. So um, I still say today that some of the trails are pretty rugged. There's, there's a few sections that are, uh, there's one section in particular, maybe 15 miles in, that's really kind of a, uh, hidden rocks or bumpy, uh, and you're climbing, uh, through one of the snowmobile trails, but it's definitely not the smoothest of trail out there at all. So, um, and then that kind of brings me to, you know, let me set the stage a little bit for the level of racer I was at this point. 
the first mountain bike race I had done uh, in 10, 12, 13 years, maybe it was, was the Schwamagon 40 the previous fall. Uh, so that was in 2013 and now we're spring of 2014 summer and I had done a four hour lap race, which I just destroyed myself in. And actually after that, I was wondering if I could even finish the 99er. Uh, that was the Wooly bike club, uh, four hour lap race. I guess at the time they were, they were three and a half hours, but, uh, and then I did the Keweenaw chain drive festival, which doesn't exist anymore which makes me sad because I would have loved another shot at that. But I did that. I think it was like two weekends before the Lutzen 99er that year. And I, it was, it did not go well at all. I finished, I can't remember exactly. I, I have it somewhere on my website, but I, I think it was like in the like five to 10 places from last. Like it was, I was bringing up the rear and I just, just totally, just bonked, whatever you want to call it. I just had nothing left after uh, to finish the last bit of that race. And that was only like 30 some miles. So at any rate, some of that was, I just going out too hard, not feeding appropriately, learning and, and that type of thing. Uh, but anyways, that kind of helped set the stage back in spring of 2014 where I was at. And I probably shouldn't have been trying to bite off the Luton 99er at this time, but it just, that's, that's just kind of how I am. I love the challenge. Love to see where I'm at. Uh, like setting myself for up. I like setting myself up for things that I could fail at, um, because I don't. I guess I don't believe in in always setting yourself up for success, uh, because then you never really test yourself. I, I feel like you've got to go out there and find out where your limits are, find out what your weaknesses are, try different things, see what you're good at, see what you're bad at, and. Um, it's a bit of an adventure to go along with it too. And I had heard about this race and I was like, so that's, this is the one I was going to do. So anyways, um, and, and I kind of, kind of said this too, right? Like, so I was at this point, a back of the pack, back, back of the pack racer. So, you know, my intention for the Lutzen 99er in 2014, again, this is my, my first one. And I just, I wanted to finish, but I want to finish within 10 hours. Uh, there's an 11 hour cutoff time on the Lutzen 99er. Uh, my plan for that race was to do the first 50 miles at a little bit of a faster pace than the 10 mile per hour pace. Uh, and that was, uh, purely to keep me out in front of the cutoff times. Uh, I, I wasn't in any kind of fitness shape at the time. Uh, I mean, I was in really good shape. Uh, I just, I hadn't built up my bike fitness yet. And, uh, I was only a couple of years off of getting my, my body itself back in, back in shape and back into, to good fitness. Uh, but my intention was to ride the first 50 at about a 10 mile per hour pace, just to keep that in front of the cutoffs, kind of see how I was feeling. And then just kind of keep picking the pace up a little bit, uh, as I went just to, so I kind of see where I was at. So anyway, uh, so there we were, we were at the, uh, at the start gate and, uh, my first Lutzen 99 was underway. So the rollout down the hill this first year, down, uh, you know, you, you start off at the, the ski hill and you, you, we roll downhill. It's a controlled rollout. Uh, I specifically remember this year because I remember people talking and warning me that like, be ready. They, it's like you're ripping downhill and you're going pretty fast, but they held us 
to like a 15 mile per hour or under that you're going down. I remember just riding the brakes all the way down. And I specifically remember, remember that because the next couple of years that I did it, we went down a lot faster, not cutting us loose, but, uh, we were, we were hard on the brakes, uh, this year. And anyways, it's, and it's all a matter of perspective too. So the, uh, it's interesting going back and, and going back through some of these old reports and seeing what I wrote and what my mindset was at and that type of thing. But I remember you could just smell the brake pads and, uh, it was, it was kind of funny in a way a little bit, but anyways, uh, we were headed up 61. We, we hit 61, the pace car pulled off. And, uh, for me, I knew it was important to keep my heart rate under control. I didn't, I hadn't dove a ton into the heart rate training at that time. Um, was kind of a little bit after that, but I was becoming very aware. I love to study. I love to learn new things. So I'm always kind of a sponge. I love just reading and, and, um, I don't like to sit idle and just veg out that much. But anyway, so I was, I was kind of aware of, of, uh, watching the heart rate and I was kind of getting geeked up about the, the new electronics that were on the scene. It was all kind of a, a new thing for me. So I had my Garmin and, and, uh, and all that kind of thing. So, uh, the rollout up 61, we were doing 18 miles per hour. And, uh, that was, that was pretty fast for me. And I was trying to just kind of tuck in and, and, uh, take some drafting opportunities as, as, uh, much as possible. Uh, I knew that we'd be hitting that caribou trail climb within the first couple of miles. And then the caribou trail takes you up like 800 vertical feet, I think over three miles, uh, at least that's kind of what I remember at the time. That's why I wrote in the report here at the time. I'm, as I'm going through this, I'm obviously reading through my report, but I'm, I'm trying not to make this a, uh, just reading it to you because you could read it yourself. And, uh, I thought it'd be fun to kind of add some additional commentary to it as I, as I worked through it anyways. And, uh, anyways, so I took it fairly easy on the climb, uh, spun in a, a fairly low gear to, uh, at the time I, I had made the note here in my report that to do it over again, I'd probably spin a little higher gear, make a little better time up the hill. Um, I, I kind of felt like I did set myself back quite a bit. And, uh, as I mentioned later in this race report, and I remember that as I, I finished this race with a little bit left in my legs and lungs. Uh, so anyways, I knew there'd be some gravel road. So I just kept things steady in the trails. Uh, I knew that I could use some of my road skills and it's kind of funny. I think of my like roadie skills. I had no roadie skills at the time, but, uh, looking back, but, but back at the time I thought I did because it's pretty much what most of the riding that I was, I was doing at the time was road skills. I was fairly new to Minnesota at the time and I still didn't really know the single track trails. Uh, I, I, we were moving and that kind of stuff. I didn't have the time to get out to the trail. So I was, most of my riding was, uh, like lunch break, uh, during my job or, uh, you know, quick rides after work when I could fit them in. Uh, anyway, I tried to keep my heart rate under 150, uh, but I, I couldn't always keep it that way. And I can't remember what like my threshold heart rate might've been at that time. Um, I'm, I want to say I hadn't actually probably even done a threshold test yet at this point. Um, but I would, it would have been in the low one sixties, um, kind of looking back, knowing what it is now. And I remember back to some of my threshold tests, uh, about halfway back to that time. So I it was probably somewhere around one sixty. Um, anyways, the trails were, they were very wet. There was a lot of mud holes, uh, 
there was a section of trail that had a fair amount of rocks uh, and there was quite a few people fixing flats on, flats on the side of the trail. This is that section that after you turn up the gravel road, there's a two track that's uh, pretty loose gravel and it's not like it's big chunk gravel or big rocks or almost like a river rock that's in some of it. And then you go into some snowmobile trails. There's those huge mud holes that are there, even if it's dry. And then you also have kind of that climb up some of the, uh, it's all covered in grass, but I, I know there's, it just feels like there's rocks hidden underneath it all. Uh, or the ground is just extremely hard and, and bumpy. But I think every year I've done the race, I just remember there's always somebody changing. There's always people changing flats in that, in that section. Uh, I was able to, uh, ride just about every single hole. Uh, I had been riding a 26er up until that year. And I say that loosely because I had ridden the 26er the previous year. And I mean, I was, it was my old bike from like 2002 that, I mean, I built it in 2002 and then I did a race and, and it kind of pretty much sat in the garage or basement, not even put together for the next 10, 12 years. Um, you know, half together, not, I'd get a few spurts during those times of, uh, you know, get the bike out and go for a couple of rides and then just never really got back into it. But anyways, I had just gotten a 29er, uh, literally like three to three weeks, I think before the, the Lutzen 99 or maybe four, I think I got it on Memorial weekend. And I, at the time I say in my report that I attributed my ability to ride the mud holes to my new 29er. And, uh, and then also I say my steady calm pace. Uh, and at the time I was, pretty geeked up about the 29 inch wheels. And I don't know if at the time I was thinking like, Oh, I've got a lot more traction in the mud holes, but it's amazing. I just, every once in a while I'll jump back on the old 26 inch and just riding the 29 over that, just the traction and how it rolls through things and just rolls nice and smooth. Uh, anyway, it's, it's fun kind of reading back through this, but anyways, so, uh, that gets me to that first aid station at mile 24. So this next section, uh, will get us, uh, through the mile 42 aid station, which is basically one lap of that back loop section. So anyways, uh, I stay in here, I was feeling pretty good. And, uh, as I approached that first aid, first aid station at mile 24, uh, I grabbed, uh, some peanut butter and jelly sandwich squares and then kept on riding. There was another couple of miles of gravel road section until you hit the trails again. And I took my time here to absorb the food, take in some fluids, so I was ready for the trail. And uh, I actually, as I read this, I remember back to the time, just kind of moseying up that gravel road, eating those peanut butter and jelly sandwich squares, and I think I was chatting it up with a couple other riders. Uh, when we hit the trails, I uh, I kept a steady but pretty persistent pace to keep things on track. Uh, and actually, at the time, I, I didn't pay enough attention to the course setup and that kind of thing, but I didn't realize it until I had actually gotten into this section, but this was... This was the section that, that I mentioned that we ride twice. And, um, I remember riding it in, wasn't, wasn't sure what was going on, but everything was marked and ended up being easy to follow and it worked out. But, uh, anyways, it was, uh, it was kind of nice because the second time around, I, you know, I was going to know what things were like. So, uh, I made pretty good time on that first lap, uh, respectively for, you know, where I was at. And then, uh, but I did get lapped by the leaders. I remember, one of the leaders coming by me and that was just humbling because they were just on the gas. And I was thinking this guy's like 20 miles ahead of me. And I mean, he's 20 miles ahead of me 
and I'm only 30 miles into the race. And it's crazy to think about that uh, at the time. So, but anyway, uh, props to those those guys. So, um, mile 42. So when I came back through the uh, the aid station to start my second lap around the section, I uh, I did stop, fill up my water, uh, grabbed a few more of those uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich squares to eat along the gravel road. Uh, I also adjusted my seat angle. Again, I just said this is a, a new bike and uh, there was there was some saddle pain there. And uh, this is actually, actually my like, fifth or sixth ride on this bike. So I was still trying to kind of get everything adjusted and dialed in and, and all that kind of stuff. So, But uh, definitely that was the right thing to do. And uh, anyways... I made it through the first part of this second lap feeling pretty good. Uh, I was not as fast as my first time through the section, but was maintaining a pretty steady pace. And, and I did drop a few riders in this section. I remember riding with a few guys and, and um, you're always kind of getting past or you leave people behind you. You might catch back up with some folks here and there. Uh, but I just, I do remember a group of people I was riding with that kind of just ended up disappearing. Um, this was the point in the race basically where, right, where people are either realizing they could make it uh, we're picking up the pace or where people were starting to wonder if they were, you know, like I said, going to make it at all. Uh, as a re as a reminder and to keep things into perspective, uh, again, at this time I was, I was like a back of the pack guy. I, I, I went into this thing hoping I could finish, but with a goal to do it in 10 hours. And, uh, that that's, that's where I was at at the time. And, uh, so, um, I obviously going into that, I was looking to step that up at some point, right? But this was a, this was going to be a good test. Uh, around uh, mile 50, the sun came out uh, a little and I was starting to, you know, fatigue uh, quite a bit as I headed uh, back into the trail sections. I also knew that I just needed to work my way through the, the trail section and I would be back on the gravel road again, right? There's a lot of gravel road. Uh, I dialed things back a little bit, ate a cliff bar, sipped on some water. Uh, and just kind of kept plugging along uh, a little slower pace so I could try to get a little bit of recovery while I was out there. And uh, by the time I came out of the trail, I was starting to feel a little better. Uh, I slowly dialed, start slow, you know, dialing the pace back up on the uh, gravel road section. Uh, with a little bit of training that I had had for this race, and again, this is coming back to that perspective of the time, I knew it was important for me to manage my level of fatigue and recoveries cycles during the race and it and it was weird for me at the time so i race differently now uh now i've got enough fitness that you know not every long race but but longer races i can just go out there and and race uh at the time here it was like okay go hard and and like I would dial it back and try to recover and eat and then go hard again. I, I didn't have enough experience. I didn't have the fitness and, uh, to be able to just go out there and put in a steady, steady effort. And I hadn't trained to, to, to do that at the time either. Uh, and like I said, it's, it's different today, but it's, it's, uh, sometimes when I look back at some of this stuff, it sounds kind of funny. I'm like, well, you know what? Well, that's just wrong. Why? Why would it like be like that? But it's it's interesting to go back and think about that perspective from from where you're at, right? I mean, this is 700 miles of riding the entire previous year, and 
you know, I know the previous years, uh, over a hundred of those miles was just in one event. Cause I had ridden in the color tour, uh, up in the Keweenaw and then, you know, 500 miles this year and then going into this thing. So anyways, back, back to it. So, uh, I was watching my heart rate and, and you know, to try to make sure I didn't take myself into the red zone and, uh, you know, to a point where I wasn't going to be able to, to come back and recover. Uh, I made some decent time along the gravel roads back to that aid station at mile 60, uh, without pushing it too hard. And I, this is something I remember. And I think I've mentioned this in maybe some other more recent Lucent reports that, that back section back there, uh, the devil's track lake loop for some reason, I remember this year and that it's weird. I didn't ever, I didn't mention it in this report here, but I just remember that part, like really wearing on me. And even in the following year, when I did it quite a bit faster, it was also a section that, that wore on me as well. But anyway, uh, at mile 60, I thought I had enough water to get me to mile 70. So I opted to just grab an energy waffle and, and, uh, gel from the aid station and, and kept on riding. <laughs> I short sentence here in my report, but I just said I was wrong. So anyways, I ran out of water not that far later, apparently. I can't remember that actually moment myself here, but um, apparently I ran out of water just a few miles later as I was hitting the very muddy section of that double track. So when you leave that loop section, you go up the gravel road, which is actually the gravel road you came into the first aid station on, and then you you hang a right off of it at some point a few miles up, up a two-track, and it's it's uh, kind of a long false flat uh, uphill for, for a few miles. And that's where you run into the beaver dam eventually. Uh, but anyways, I also, I do remember that section really wearing on me and it, it did the next year as well. Even when I did this a lot faster, I remember the next year that it really got to me. Uh, at any rate, um, I just, I just kind of kept focusing on keeping my pace and getting to that mile, mile 78 station. Uh, and I think the reason maybe that wears on you too, is that's probably like the midday where like, if there is any sun at all up there at Luton, that's when it might come out. Um, but anyways, my key was just a steady grind. Never get too excited. Never back off too much. Uh, just trying to keep things consistent. Uh, I managed to, uh, reel in a few, few other riders that were in front of me. And then I made it into that mile 78 station around six hours and 55 minutes. Um, which is actually like this year, I, I finished the, uh, the Lutzen in six hours and 49 minutes and like crazy muddy wet. So it's kind of interesting reading, reading back through this, but, um, anyways, I was feeling, feeling pretty weak and I figured I would stretch real quick, fill up my camelback, uh, ate a couple, uh, you know, the peanut butter jelly sandwich squares and a banana. Uh, at this point too, I was covered in mud, waterlogged socks, and I had actually packed a pair spare, uh, a spare pair of socks, uh, in my camelback. I just put them in like a Ziploc bag and keep them dry. So actually I remember this, I sat down on the, the side of the road there and changed my socks, stretched a little bit. And, and I was, I was in that aid station five or six minutes and then I got back on it and kept going. I, I, I remember that, uh, feeling at the time I, I felt good after doing that. So it was a, it was a smart thing to do. And mile 70 for me at that time, um, that was like a bogey mark for me, right? I was like, 
got to hit mile 70 before the mile 70 cutoff and then I'll be fine. So anyways, uh, back to the race, mile 70 to, uh, the mile 80 aid station. So as I started heading down the road and, uh, looking at my time, uh, I realized I was definitely going to come in faster than my, my 10 hour goal. Uh, I don't know if it was the food and water or just the mental part of knowing I was in the home stretch, but I, I felt much better and stronger uh, than I had 10 minutes prior as I was coming into that aid station. And I think, and this is just for you doing this your first time or, you know, folks that like, there's a lot of people that do this race that have a ton of riding experience, but you just, you just don't have the time to train for it, right? If you had the time to train, you, you might be faster. So there's a lot of folks that like come back repeatedly um, you know, and their, their goal is to finish it every year and, um, take this as like a little bit of a tip. Like, you know, people say, don't get, don't get tied up in aid stations cause they can really suck you in, but you have to put it in the perspective of where you're at with your racing, where you're at with your training and what your goals are, um, depend on who you are and, you know, take, take five minutes here and there, stretch, make yourself feel good. Enjoy enjoy it, right? If that's what you're out there for, do it. Um, I, I do, I still actually remember that. I just changed my socks, stretched, took a couple minutes and, uh, it just felt good. So anyways, uh, there was a small part of me that was feeling like I could make it nine hours all of a sudden, uh, if I pushed hard enough. So I, I kept picking up the pace and started hammering on the pedals. And as I rode along, I was starting to reel other riders in and would just keep focusing on the next rider in front of me. Uh, the next 10 miles had a little bit of gravel, uh, but was mostly, mostly double track trail. And, uh, anyways, so mile 80, uh, to the mile 93. So as I approached the mile 88 station, I had plenty of water and a few cliff bars and goo gels in my Jersey pockets. So I opted to keep on, keep on going. And, uh, in my race report here, I say, keep on hammering, but anyways, uh, when I left mile 80, I turned up the heat some more. I had a lot of gravel in front of me and I, I was fairly decent on my road bike or at, at the time, I, I thought I was. And uh, I thought I could make up some time there. I was feeling good until the next big gravel climb. And I started cramping up really bad on that first climb after the aid station. Uh, I had to back things off, check my water again and decided to just eat and down a bunch of amounts of water. And I gotta like say this now, at the time, that, that first hill on honeymoon trail, as you go up, um, at the time, like that was a climb at the time. I remember just like, Oh, another climb. And, and it's, it's, uh, I remember someone telling me at some, some point that they don't remember there being a climb there that are like, Oh yeah, I think there's a hill. And again, it all depends on your riding experience and, and all that kind of thing. So, but there's definitely a hill there. And at the time that was a big climb to me, but, um, anyways, I, I had to dial it back. So it sounds, it kind of sounds funny to, to, to say it, but, uh, this is, this is what I had wrote at the time, but I used the uphill to recover. I had, uh, apparently I dropped my gears so far down in a granny gear, probably my small ring up front and big ring in the back. And, uh, just kind of eased my way up the climb, ate, took in some water and, uh, tried to get a little bit of recovery in. So when I was coming over the top of the hill, I could feel my body recovering. And about halfway down the descent, I started to put the hammer down again. I was feeling great and knew that I was within 15 miles of the finish. At this point, 
I definitely knew I was going to make it. And I continued to pour on the heat, I say in my report. Uh, I did run out of water again, but uh, I just tried to focus on the road and, and trail ahead. Mile 93 aid station to the finish of my first Lutzen 99er. Uh, when I came through the mile 93 aid station, they were holding out water bottles and I knew whatever water I took in at that point wasn't, wasn't really going to probably absorb in time for me to get to the finish. Uh, but sometimes you just kind of need that little bit of a mental boost of some water hitting the, the lips and the tongue. So I grabbed a bottle as I rode through and downed it before hitting the money trails again. I was in the home stretch. This is that section, uh, that even on the dry years is just a mud fest. It's like, a little four-wheeler trail that connects the gravel road back into the backside of the Lutzen Mountains. And it's just, it's always muddy regardless. Um, the mud was bad, but I only had a few miles to go and the adrenaline was high. At the time, I, I couldn't believe how good I was feeling. I was actually having fun in this last section. I had just ridden more than 90 miles on that bike and was having fun riding this last section of trail. That last section had some Fun little downhills that were a little technical, but if you picked your line, you could let it rip. Uh, and I think I remember, I think I know exactly the spot I'm talking about there. You kind of go through all that mud and then uh, it's like the first bridge that you come to, but coming into that bridge and I, there's always a photographer, I think, sitting on the other side of it. If I, if I think back to like other race years as well, but it's a, it's a little like the trail's a little bit rough and whatever. And it's just kind of fun. You hit the bridge. Um, but anyways, the uh, the finish came up fast, and partly the reason this happens is because this year, I believe there was some issue with the final climb, and like it it didn't it wasn't rainy, and I mean the trails were wet, but definitely not near what I've seen it in later years. Uh, but they did not send us up the final climb, and I again I don't know if it was because of some of the single track connecting wasn't finished or whatever the issue was. I don't remember. It was my first year doing it. But we actually ducked in, uh, we skipped the single track of the Lutzen Mountains. We cut off like three miles or something. And, uh, but basically all of a sudden I just remember being dumped out on the gravel and could hear cheering and I could see the finish. I was excited. I knew it was a back of the pack guy, but I was feeling good. And I poured the heat into the pedals right through the finish. Uh, my wife and kids were there waiting for me and cheering as I came across the finish line of my first Lutzen 99er in nine hours, 12 minutes, and 33 seconds. Finished about 48 minutes faster than what I thought I would, but I was feeling good. And the first thing I thought was I could have finished a lot faster. But uh, yeah, looking back, I, not a lot faster. Uh, and then also in hindsight too, right, knowing that some of that last section of trail was cut out, to try to compare that to full course years, right, that nine hours and 12 minutes probably would have been a, I don't know, a nine... 35 or something like that. Who knows? Uh, anyway, all, uh, all that being said at the time, right? This is some, some remarks I made in my report. Uh, I was learning how to endurance race in the, uh, in the previous 33, I'd previous three 30 to 40 mile races that I had done. So again, that was, I had done two races earlier that year. And then the Schwamga on the, the fall prior to that. Um, I had gone out way too hard and, uh, who knows if I was really actually hitting the, you know, the wall that, that folks talk about or not. But at, 
at the time in those races, I, I thought I was and uh, had to drag myself to the finish. Uh, here in my first loops in 99, I was, I was uh, kind of swung the pendulum the other way and uh, finished with too much energy left. Uh, I was kind of feeling like I didn't leave enough out on the trail and uh, was planning to go back the next year, which I did. So, and uh, anyways, a little, little uh, remark I made at the end was like, all it does motivate me to come back next year and push, push myself harder. So anyways, at the end of my actual report, uh, you know, I, I made a few comments and tips, advice and that kind of thing. And, and, uh, uh yeah, what the heck I'll, I'll, I'll go into it. I, I think that would change based on my having a couple more years of experience doing it. But this is, this was my, my closing thoughts at the time. Again, this is after doing my first one, uh, back in 2014. So, uh, just go, this, this is what I say in here, going back to my strategy for the, for the race. Uh, I wasn't really sure what to expect and I figured I'd be happy with a finish under 10 hours. Uh, I, and like I said, I figured I'd go out with a 10 mile per hour pace and then kind of keep picking things up. I, I think that was a good strategy and I would actually probably still, still say that. So if, if you're going out there for your first time and you don't have much long distance experience, uh, by all means, I would, I would pace yourself, uh, and err on the side of, of going out too light and then picking it up as you go. Um, that is in those that know me and follow along with kind of a lot of my race reports. Now that is completely contradictory to, to how I typically will race. Uh, I, I typically like to go out hard just to see, I guess, where I stand, with, uh, the folks that can handle going out hard and continue racing. I like to see how long I can go before blowing up. It's like a, not completely blowing up, but I just, it's a way for me to test myself And it. It can make for some very miserable last half of races, uh, and a lot of suffering. So, uh, but it's just something that I like to kind of see where I'm at. And, uh, and then also like, you know, if you're going to, if you're getting into this and you want to dial, dial in your, your race plans and, and where you're at, you know, sometimes you are going to have to go out harder than what you probably can sustain. Uh, and then sometimes you go out a little bit lighter and then that's how over time you dial in what your, what your efforts are. You get to you get in tune with your body. But again, uh, if you're going out there for your first time, it doesn't have to be Lutz and Nine Honor, but whatever your first race is, especially longer, go ahead and pace yourself and then, and use that strategy. The, uh, um, I, I think that's good for, for a first timer or somebody that's trying to chase that cutoff. So, um, some other comments that I had made at the time, train as much as you can train, train for the distance and endurance and not for the short distance sprinting. Yeah. I'd say that is like, if you're new, um, you get a base, get a base in there. Um, and, and, and don't worry about mileage. Worry about hours. Like I, 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 I look at how much time I ride, not mileage. And, and I think a lot of people, this is going to get sidetracked here, but maybe I can write up a post about this or something. But yeah, I always hear and see people talking about the mileage goals. I don't have mileage goals. I, in fact, one of my, my training screen, 
on my Garmin that I use sometimes for just training rides or intervals or even like literally three hour rides, I don't even have distance on it. So I'll ride three hours and have no idea how far I've ridden uh, until I hit save and then pull the file up on training peaks or Strava. Um, I just, I have a, an effort target, how much effort I want to put in, uh, my effort level, and then, um, how much time at that effort. So, um, that, that's, that's how I train. So anyways, the, uh, when it comes to fuel, so at the time I had a three liter Camelback, uh, I had dropped a bunch of electrolyte tablets in it and I, I don't know. I, I had put too much. I remember like having to, I felt some like side pain and I don't know if they were stacking up or something, but anyways, I, uh, I carried, uh, cliff bars, goo gels, and would just kind of switch back and forth between that. Um, so something I I do now is I don't carry three liters of water anymore. I'll just about like every hundred mile race I've done. And maybe it's just cause I have, maybe I need to go out and explore more, but, um, two liters of water on my back and a large water, uh, water bottle on my frame has been more than enough to, uh, get me from aid station to aid station or bottle hand up to bottle hand up. Uh, I just taking a liter of water off the back has been helpful. And I actually now, as of last year, have gotten myself to using a lot of liquid nutrition. So, uh, I've been using Carbo Rocket. I'll, I'll probably, I like to explore. So, I, I'll probably try out some other things, but the Carbo Rocket's been working out well. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I've become a big fan of, uh, putting up like a Carbo Rocket or any, just any type of a liquid fuel mixture in the Camelback and then keeping a fresh water bottle on the bike. And for those that like, if you want to keep doing that, you can, you can carry baggies of your, your, uh, fuel powder, your, your fuel mixture in your, in your Jersey pocket or whatever. So you can mix it up at an aid station. And, uh, but I, I, I still recommend mixing in some solid foods too, whether that's some type of a bars or, uh, waffles or, or I guess goo gels aren't solid food, but a gel. Uh, so I have been, I did. I did do that as well, mixing in a, a little bit of solid stuff. So, uh, anyways, that's it. And, uh, stay tuned. This is the, uh, first of this entire series of me putting out an audio version of all my race reports with some, some extra commentary. And, uh, yeah, there's three of them here for, uh, for 2014. So the, uh, the next one that I do is the Shawamagon 40 from, uh, 2014. So, hey, if you ever have any questions about any of this stuff, uh, hit me up. So, again, that's the 2014 Lutzen 99er, my first 100-mile race uh, or close to 100-mile race. And uh, my fourth race overall since getting back into things. Thanks a lot.